Hey, this is Lori Acker. Welcome to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Whether you have been following us for a while or you just stumbled upon this podcast, I am honored that you're taking the time to hang out with me today. Um, We are in the middle of a series on responding to volunteers. Each week during the series, I am taking one specific volunteer issue and unpacking it. Each of the scenarios in the series is a common issue, which usually becomes a frustration and sometimes even a reason why people end up feeling really negative about serving or volunteering in the church. But here's the thing, each issue, or we could even say a complaint, is also an incredible opportunity. It's an opportunity to show love and exude grace and to model honest relationships the way I believe God created the church to function. Most of the scenarios we're talking about could end up having some awkward or even difficult conversations, but right there, that's the opportunity. When things are easy, well, anybody can do easy. You don't have to love Jesus to be easy or to hang out with people who are kind and gracious and loving and everybody gets along. Like that's just anybody could do that. But when there's issues or difficulties or challenges, that's honestly our chance to shine and to be a light, to have difficult conversations that lead to good things, better relationships, maybe even some healing of hurts or misunderstandings. What happens too often in the church is we avoid conversations because hard conversations aren't fun, or we want to avoid possible conflict at all costs. Or maybe we think it's not nice to talk to people about their bad behavior or just about behavior that isn't maybe matching what we would want or what we like. Sometimes we even avoid difficult conversations because we don't trust that we actually will say or do the right thing and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But here's the thing. The church is supposed to be a community, and we really need to think about the community. When difficult things go unaddressed, it does affect the community. Not only does it affect us, but if unwanted behaviors or maybe conduct that isn't what we're going for, um, if it's not addressed, it only grows, it never lessens, and it rarely stays the same. Well, yeah, I think it's actually fair to say it never stays the same. It always grows and it gets bigger. And so whatever is festering doesn't go away when we ignore it, it gets worse. So for the conflict avoiders out there, ignoring things doesn't help. It actually increases the tension. And at some point, it's going to come out. Another way these negative scenarios could affect the community is just about the individual. Like that individual isn't fulfilling their mission or their calling if something is festering or negative or bitter. Think of the life that they're living. Like God calls us to so much freedom and growth and joy too. Like I want that for me and I also want that for them. The other thing that happens when we don't address the tough stuff is just simple division. So many things can become us and them. 
those who serve and those who don't, those who are committed and those who don't show up regularly, or as we delve into today, those who want change and those who don't. Yep, we're going to tackle this. This is a big one. As we talk today about a really big issue that comes up in church ministry often, we've always done it this way. Have you heard that? We've always done it this way. I want to shed some light on the phrase itself and on how we are actually more the same than we are different and how this phrase has the potential to bring us more together than apart. Now, the phrase, we've always done it this way, has been called the most dangerous phrase in business or in churches because we see it as the killer of new ideas or the obstacle to progress. Because usually if people say, we've always done it this way, that's in response to a new idea that they don't want, that they're not open to, because we've always done it this way. In fact, if you look up ways to deal with, we've always done it this way on the internet, you'll find a lot of articles with a lot of different steps, like make an appointment, come prepared, be ready to meet with resistance, follow up and stay positive. Like that's actually in an article, right? Um, and this phrase, we've always done it this way, it, it almost has this feeling like we need to conquer it, like it's bad and we need to prepare for battle because it's dangerous. And I understand why people go that route, but I'd, I'd like to just suggest a different take on it. I'd like to suggest that we acknowledge that we as humans are much more similar than we are different. Because honestly, this phrase, in some ways, we have it in common. When it comes to, we've always done it this way, it can be a lot more productive to start with this commonality that we have than just the differences. Because think of it, it's just another division in the church. Like, we don't need another division, do we? The people who want change and the people who don't. So let's throw a little shift into this phrase. What if we actually have that in common? What if it's not a fight? What if we all want things the same and we all want some change? So go with me for a second. I love change. I love creating new things. And yes, if you've been following the creative little church turned small church ministry, you might even have a hard time keeping up with all the changes. I know I do. Just about a week ago, I saw a post in our Facebook community, and it was announcing our new ambassador program. And I laughed out loud when I saw it. And I just thought, way to go, Maggie and Clara and Allie, because these three 20-somethings launched a small church ambassador program with a bang. Like, they are finding our super fans who want to share about how small church ministry has changed their lives. And they're going to help them share more and better and build a community at the same time and give them merch and tools and all kinds of stuff. Basically, they're building a community of ambassadors who are spreading the word about us. And as soon as the post went up, like within minutes, people are posting, what a great idea. I want to be an ambassador. And you know what? It wasn't my idea. I have these three amazing, you know, young adults who are talking about it and running with it. So anyway, you probably see me even here as somebody who loves change. And I do. But you know what I also love? 
my own bed and my own refrigerator and my red couch, I don't really like to travel much or even be away from home because I like what I have. And please, by the way, don't change it. You know what else I like? I like sleeping on the right side of the bed. Like, don't ever ask me to change that. And when I go to a restaurant, I am one of those people who orders the same thing. Yes, almost always. I get the Mediterranean chicken salad with no stinky cheese at the Pita Garden. And I also get a Dylan James pizza at Mod. Like, don't make me change. I know what I like. So do you see where I'm going with this? Even those of us who like change, there are still things that we like the same. Now, some more than others, of course, and we're all human, but we've all got a mix of both. Now, why does this matter? Because it builds empathy and understanding. It allows us to approach conversations with compassion instead of preparing for battle. And you know what happens when you approach someone with compassion? People feel honored. You're building a connection. You know what happens when you get ready for a fight? People get ready to defend. It's human nature. We've all got it. So when we start to realize how much we have in common, we just don't seem that far apart anymore. So if you're dealing with a volunteer who doesn't like change, I encourage you to practice a little empathy to try to identify what in your life that you don't want change in either. Like, do you like your coffee the same each day? What if somebody messed with it? Or maybe you have a certain exercise routine, or maybe you read every night before you go to bed. Because that same feeling you'd have if somebody tried to mess with your routine or your values, well, that's the same feeling that volunteers are facing when you try to change what they love or what they're comfortable with or with what they know or have known for a long time. So doesn't that already feel a little better just to know we all have this in common? So now that we've got something in common, how do we respond when we have this change on our heart or in our minds and some volunteer is saying, hey, We've always done it this way. Kind of like step back. You're not going to change us. We've always done it this way. So how should we respond? How could we respond in a kind, gentle, empathetic way that builds, you know, brings us together instead of tears us apart? So first off, the way you respond is going to depend a lot upon your position in the church. What is your responsibility and your authority? So if you're the pastor or a ministry leader, it's going to look a little different responding to volunteers who don't want to change because you're in charge of the ministry area and you have responsibility for it and the authority to lead. So you have a few options and there's lots of steps here, but I would totally suggest that you go really slow and build great relationships and honor the people who have been doing something the way it's been done for a long time. Empathize, honor their part and their commitment and ask questions like, why do they love this? And listen to their stories 
And of course, along the way, you'll be vision casting with some new ideas. Maybe there's some compromises that everybody feels good about, like there's a win-win in here. Now, if you go slow and cast a vision and build great relationships, sometimes you'll still have people that still won't budge. And it might be rough, but if you feel called and you have the authority and the responsibility, of course, you can totally make the change. Everyone doesn't have to be in total agreement, but I would encourage you not to rush. Jesus did not rush. Preserve relationships as much as you can, however you can. Sometimes there can even be a mentorship or a piece of the old ministry ways that remains alongside a new vision. So wherever you can build a bridge, that it can be just such a, a beautiful piece of a transition when there are changes. Now, if you're not the pastor or the ministry leader and you want change, like you're trying to change up the ladder, so to speak, I want to encourage you to be amazingly respectful and really focus on building great relationships. If you have no authority and no responsibility, we've got to remember the only thing we are in control of is us. And yes, we do have influence, but influence comes through relationships. People are much more likely to receive information and ideas and influence from you when they know that you have their best interest in mind and that you have kindness for them and respect for their positions. If you have a dream for a ministry or a change in a ministry that you want to see happen, or maybe the pastor is not open to change, your best response in all of it is humility and gentleness and peace and staying positive. And if you think about like the fruits of the spirit, when you are just so feeling so close to Jesus and what comes out of your heart, that is all good stuff. When we get frustrated or anxious or stressed, any of those feelings that aren't quite maybe what we would see Jesus exuding, right? Like that's our time to, that's our invitation to draw closer to Jesus, to take our frustration that way, because he is he is the only one that can really help us, you know, I don't know, just come more in contact with that peace that passes all understanding. And if this leaves you frustrated, it's understandable. It's so difficult to have a dream and not be able to step forward into it. But I want to encourage you to be really careful not to start any division or cause any division to get wider whether you're sharing it with others or even just building an internal wall, like, like an us versus them in your own heart, you can absolutely continue to share with gentleness and grace. And if your ministry leader or pastor doesn't budge, just keep your humility turned up. Keep watching for God at work because God might very well be doing something that you are totally unaware of. Your dream might even be for later, but keep relationships central and do your best just to keep peace. The better relationships we all build and maintain in the church, the more we're honoring God. The church is the bride of Christ. It is not supposed to be a place of fighting or division. So let's work toward that. 
The more we start seeing how much we have in common, like all of us, the more we'll be able to offer each other more grace and less judgment. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? If we put relationships before programs, honoring each other before getting our own way, this is exactly what Jesus modeled when he was living his life on earth. People always, right? Grace. People were the priority he served. He sat with them. He spoke with them. He listened. There wasn't forcing. There was always invitation. Sometimes I think what a simpler life that would be, but I am pretty sure that the emotions were the same, don't you think? Jesus must have been so frustrated when the disciples didn't get it, when they didn't see the vision that he had, or when they wanted something different than than where he was even headed. I really feel like if we all just focused on walking more like Jesus, our relationships would be so much better and our ministries would be more God-honoring too. So that's about it for today. If you've got the, we've always done it this way, people, start by realizing, yeah, I've got some of that too. We all do. Build deeper relationships. Get to know their story, not just about life, but about this ministry that they are holding on to so tightly. Why do they love the way they've always done it? Hear the stories and listen. Because while you're listening, you may see a way to bridge the gap where the reason they love it might still be able to stick around even alongside a new vision. And if they say, we've always done it this way, please celebrate the very fact that they've always done it at all, that they've been there. Praise God for their service, for the fact that they have been around long enough, faithful enough to even say, we've always done it this way. And if this new vision is from God, there is a way to maintain good relationships through it, at least as far as you are able. Occasionally, you will have done all you can do, and a person still refuses or sometimes is unable to let go or stay in fellowship. And if that's the case, then you get to release them. If you've done your best to hear them and see them and honor their service, hear their stories, bridge the two visions, and you really are able to see them in love, sometimes it still doesn't work out. But at least you know you did your best. Remember to prepare for compassionate conversation with an intention of peace and deepening a relationship. Don't prepare for battle. We have enough divisions in the world without adding one more. Just remember, even those who love change like me, we've all got some things we want to hang on to also. We've always done it this way does not have to be a sign of another, of another difference. It can be a beautiful opportunity to celebrate our sameness too. 
Well, that is a wrap for episode 48. And I can't even believe it because that means we only have four more episodes till we flip the calendar on a new year. It's pretty hard to believe. We have some dates coming up in 2023 that you are not going to miss. Um, one of the very first ones is our Women's Ministry Conference that's happening on January 28th. If you have not been to our conferences, we hold them quarterly on different ministry areas. They are online and they are absolutely free to attend live, which makes it even better. If you want to learn more about the conferences and see all the upcoming dates for um, 2023 um, for the conferences, you can just go to smallchurchministry.com slash conferences, and you'll see all the dates right there, plus a little uh, sneak peek into the women's ministry conference as well. And if our quarterly conferences aren't enough to keep you connected, or you're just wanting more encouragement, more tools, and more strategies for small churches, definitely come join us in the Small Church Network. We have a great time. Monthly events, trainings you can take home, recorded replays for others in your church, and so much more goodness. So to check out the network, visit smallchurchministry.com slash network, and we'll talk to you next week. Until then, be a light.